February 4th, 2018. I dreamt about Bill. In the dream, he was dating a woman who was concerned about our friendship, and I told her that Bill and I were platonic friends, and I couldn't even remember the last time we'd had sex. Bill said, you were 29. When I woke up, I wondered if the subconscious could be so accurate. For a time, I struggled with trying to pinpoint the year I met him. I searched my diary today to see if I could tell, but the only page that has the word, and this was his last name, on it was in the tributes to my dad the day he died, and there were so many I couldn't figure out if it was Bill or not. Probably not, since he never took to digital correspondence. That did leave me wondering why on earth Bill isn't on a single page of this journal since he's been a lifelong friend. I checked the obituaries, and there was a Bill with the same last name, who died at the age of 53 in 2010, which would be about the right, which would be about the right age. Bill, and I list some other guys here, used to call me several times a year to see if I was still happy. They all claimed that was the only reason for their checking in. I never initiate conversations with any of them, so it makes me wonder why they would care. I'm such an awful friend. Being suspicious and perhaps narcissistic, I always assumed their calls were to see if they had a chance at me again. I had the least suspicion of Bill, though, because we had only had sex two or three times before we figured out that it was like kissing your sibling. We were much better friends than lovers, and the last couple of decades of our relationship was truly platonic. Bill always described himself as the bald fat guy. When I knew him, he was balding. He had a ring of hair around the lower edge. He also struggled with his weight and always stayed on me about my own. He was very tall and always smiling and happy. He said he loved driving around with me looking at real estate because of the stories I would share about my life. He said he lived vicariously through me. I guess all of those many day-long rides looking at a dozen or two properties spread out over the counties I invest in were where I learned how to weave a verbal story. I could always do it in writing, but never really had friends that I shared anything with. I enjoyed teasing him. He was so nervous and timid toward life. My life was full of danger. Going into abandoned homes and horrible neighborhoods, never knowing what I'd encounter, he'd come inside if I led the way. One day we broke in, mind you, my rule was to never break anything to get in, into a house that was about as creepy as the house on the hill behind the Bates Motel. There was a big hole in the brick face of the fireplace. I'd gone into the room and looked in the hole before he walked in, so I knew there was nothing in there. I turned to Bill and said, I think I heard something in there, and thrust my arm into the hole. I began screaming and thrashing as if grabbed by some monster, acting as if it were pulling me into the hole. All the while, I'm watching the color just drain from Bill's terrified face. He's frozen for a time before finally lurching forward to help pull me back from the abyss. I thought I would die laughing. My intention this morning was to recap some of our escapades into the approximate dates they happened, but I keep looking over at the other tap on my computer to see the bald fat guy smiling back at me from his obit page. He's completely bald, but has grown a mustache and goatee, and he's dressed like a biker, which is totally out of character for Bill. But I'm pretty sure that's his smile and his eyes. Only five people commented on his death, and four of them only knew him for the last couple of years. The fifth one was vague enough about their work history together that I couldn't tell if he was talking about the phone company, which is where Bill worked until he retired. 
After he retired, he really struggled to find meaning in his life and to create a business that he could pass on to his son. He had asked me to look into a tire shop, but the numbers just didn't work out for the real estate, and I don't know that business, so I declined. He came to me with some other business that he wanted me to invest in later, but I forget what it was. I think that was the last time I heard from him, so this long pause in hearing from him felt like him giving up. As for meeting him in 1990, that seems pretty likely. I know it was after my divorce and after or during the swinging with Roy because he loved those stories. I remember where I met him. And this part surprises me because I do not remember dancing, but this says I danced. I would sometimes go to bars for a glass of wine and watch people. I would dance by myself. Growing up, I wasn't allowed to dance, so later in life, with when with Roy at the orgies, I adopted a style that Roy said looked like I was having sex standing up. It felt good to swing and sway with the music in total abandon of what anyone thought, because I'd be there alone. <laughs> I saw this timid mouse watching me from over his drink at the bar. I kept dancing and kept eye contact with him until he came over and introduced himself. We were friends for the next 20 years. My notes say that he was born in 1951, 1956, but the picture sure looks like him, and I can't find any other reference to him. I could call him, but I won't. And then the rest of this is like his driver's license number and that sort of thing, which I have no idea how I know this. If you're enjoying my diary, please like, share, and subscribe. You can find other ways to connect to me over at bigcatrescue.org forward slash carol.baskin.